Hello! Welcome to Haunted Picture Palace. We are back after a short break. I am Amelia Whitehouse. And I am Ben Critchley. And today we're going to be talking about The Witch. We are indeed. Directed by Robert Eggers uh, and released in 2015. Yes. Trigger warning before we even start. Animal harm. Yep. Child harm. Y- yes, very much so, with bells on. With bells on. Um, axe-based harm. Axe-based harm. Implied genital mutilation. Strong threat and disturbing horror images. Yes. But, believe it or not, this is rated... 15. 15. 15 in the UK, yes. Because there is very little that is explicit in all of this, but it is nonetheless horrifying. I yeah, think. it's definitely a shock to the system, so... Proceed accordingly, I guess. Yes. That said, let's uh, let's put the theme in. <coughs> the witch. Yes, with the uh, two V's in the title, but pronounced the witch. This is the thing that bothered me, so I'm going to mention it in case yep. anybody else was wondering about it. It was relatively common for uh, things printed in the time period in which this is set, which is the 1630s, and also a little bit earlier, that if they didn't have a W, a printer would substitute two capital Vs. It came up a fair amount of the time, which is what they've done on the poster here. But the title is The Witch and not The Vitch. And the subtitle being A New England Folk Tale. Yes. Lovely addition. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. We should say at this point it isn't a New England folk no, tale, or that's at least, a lie. <laughs> yes, it's a lie. It's not. What I mean is, it's a, it's an original story, written by the director Robert Eggers, rather than an adaptation of an existing tale. Yes, yes. There's massive Crucible vibes, even though the Crucible set later. Later, but in very much the same situation, the same milieu. It is, and I feel like that opening shot of Thomason, played by Anya Taylor Joy, is there to show. What am I trying to get to? It does. It did make me think immediately. It's a visual shorthand, isn't it? Of That's what I'm trying to say. So it's visual shorthand for what we're about thing. to witness, and for the crucible, and for all these things where you go, "Oh, here we are. We're set in this time, doing yes. this thing." And here's a kind of Lolita-esque beautiful girl on her knees, looking out to the camera yeah. in prayer or in being punished in <laughs> some way by the community. Yes. Also, yeah. cracking hat. Just saying. <laughs> cracking eyes. Cracking eyes, but cracking hat. Cracking hat, yes. Yeah, the witch trials are somewhat later than the setting of this, uh, but happening in the same sort of community. Witch trials are around 1690, I think. Yes. There are thereabouts. And this is set in the 1630s. Uh, later on in the film, they talk about England, uh, so uh, where they have come from. So this is the first generation of this family. I don't think we ever get the family name of the of the family in the witch but uh, but these people have emigrated from england yeah just starting um life i was going to say as well i was going to add mm. that when they pan around the the hat game is incredibly good yeah in the room i wanted to say as well in case people didn't know because obviously fashion's kind of my thing in this podcast and the costume design the pointy witch's hat is said to have come from this era. Oh, I didn't know that. This is to do with the alewife 
it's an excellent word isn't it wonderful it's it's medieval but it extends it continues from that time sure we've we've got this image of brewers being these big burly men and like beer makers it was the bloody women uh, oh it's ale as in alewife as in delicious glass of ale yeah, rather not than as in good for what ails thee right yeah. yes it's kind of a trademark. It was so you could identify the brewer from afar was the big right, hat. big hat. Big pointy hat. And they didn't always used to have a point. They had like that slightly flattened top, but then the point appeared as a sure. kind of branding technique, which <laughs> is a really excellent fact that I thought needed to be here. How did that come to be associated with witches? Please bear in mind that I have researched this in the past beyond a Vice article, but um, <laughs> it's, it's what I could do in a short time span. <laughs> but essentially, right... So there was very little regulation in terms of how things were brewed at that time. And because a lot of these were just like in people's basements and the women going around doing it had no way to monitor what they were producing. But it was demanded in higher and higher quantities as more and more public houses opened, as more and more pubs opened. Beer and ale, very popular historically. (laughs) Yeah, like Uh, more than water. A lot of places, yes. More than water. And they grew on and they have this appearance of like a a true profession, a real profession. There were guilds forming, trade associations, and women began to be completely excluded within that. So This is a a common story. It is. And then the 15th and 16th century, these Brewsters began to get like accused of all sorts of things. Like all sorts of things that would just just blast their reputations out of the water so the little kind of cottage industry women doing it were being accused of like poisoning whole batches of Right. So it's just it's a side effect of the spread of popularity of mm-hmm. ale exactly that they were that. a prominent source of of, yeah. of, of, of tittle tattle. Brewsters, which is also a great word, yeah. by the way. Brewsters were also accused of selling tainted ales that could make the drinker sick, sometimes intentionally, as yeah. they were accused. And generally speaking, women having a working knowledge of herbal concoctions and medicines was highly suspect and faced rumours that she was using her knowledge for nefarious ends, and thus the sign of the alewife's hat came to mean evil, malicious, poison-peddling witches. That's interesting. Isn't it? Thank you. Mm. My nan always used to blame the lemonade when she felt ill after drinking too many whiskey and lemonades. Do you know, I've spoken to too many people that have it as I'm allergic to alcohol as their response to getting a hangover. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. They're both wrong. Yeah. (laughs) You know. And in this opening scene, our family of protagonists are being, well, end up banished from mm. from the colony that they're in. They're in New England somewhere, having just arrived from the Britain. Mayflower. Uh, exactly, or, or one of those ships. Yep. Because they are Puritans. They, are, they have left England in search of religious freedom, I yes. suppose. Yes. Um, but... Our family, or at least their family, are at some sort of doctrinal odds with yes. the rest of the colony. The nature of their heresy is not examined here, but we will get, we will talk a little bit more about Puritan religious beliefs later on. But yeah. I suppose the important thing is that uh, they end up banished from the colony because uh, they, and particularly he, the patriarch William, who speaks for the family with a wonderful sonorous voice, uh, will not yield. Yeah. Will not recant on whatever his heresy may be. So so they must leave the society in which they find themselves. Yes. And they disappear into woodland with the sort of sound check in hell playing. <laughs> the gorgeous soundtrack, but certainly 
it's properly horrifying to me. It's kind of screeching and... Your tortured strings. Mm, yeah. But there is vocal in there as well yeah. towards the end, and it is really um, disturbing. Nature in this film is massively expansive and frightening as well, again yes, and again. as it would be, of course, this is an unknown continent. Like Native yeah. Americans are not featured in this film. True. But will have been present and a threat for the colonists this is not very welcoming land mm. <laughs> it's full of danger even from this shot here the terrain and the woods in particular are a threatening presence yeah yeah the trees form an impenetrable wall as well in that shot when they're first there's a panning shot across it mm. Gorgeous colour palette, really on trend with 2015. Like, it's I lovely. feel like everything that came out at that time had this kind of Alt-J music video <laughs> twang to it, you know? It really did. Everything looked a bit like it should have had a logo on the bottom of it for, like, good trainers. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing, and it's got that lovely blue and that lovely grey to it. It sort of always looks a little bit like it's Witching Hour. Yes, yeah, muted colours, but not washed out. Yeah. It, it put me in mind of... Uh, Soviet colour film stock. That's oh, a nice. bit of a, a niche thing, but what I suppose it doesn't look very technicolorish. Mm. All done digitally, of course, and really very pretty. Mm. Just written in big letters Thomason has huge eyes. <laughs> yes. Boo! And the baby's gone. Yes, it's a, it's a quick cut. Mm. Uh, which is really effective, I think. We have a lot of close-ups of faces in this first opening yes. section as well. And this this little sequence of the vanishing of the baby yeah. is... The music is already at quite a pitch before we get there, you <laughs> yeah. know, in terms of sort screeching. of the screeching and hysterics. It, it ratchets up. Mm -hmm. But the, the sequence that, we're, that is coming up here is edited in a way that is a little bit confusing... As in, it wasn't clear for me on first watch anyway, exactly what has happened. Yep. Yeah, kidnap and horror for baby told elliptically, I've written down here. I think we see a shot of a of a figure running into the woods, is that right? I didn't see a figure. Ah. You mentioned the figure too. And I didn't notice one, but right. that doesn't mean there wasn't one. Something. It might not have been a human, I suppose... That's the point. That's the point, isn't yeah. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But because we have that wonderful cut back to Thomason's face when the baby's gone and then she's looking around and you know how much, because the camera's been on her. Yes. You know how much time has elapsed and you know that there isn't time for a mortal figure to have... It's true. ...disappeared. There's no, there's no cover for anyone, it's true. anyone to be. It's about three seconds out of sight, no more Samuel the baby. Yeah. And it's so frightening. Oh, it's yeah. so frightening. Yeah. And if you've ever taken care of a child ever in any capacity, like the idea that it's just suddenly vanished when you looked away for a second. Oh, it's, it's, a it's the nightmare, nightmare, isn't it? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written here that it's the worst forest we've seen since Antichrist, which is also baby in danger. Right. right? You've not seen Antichrist. I've not Two seen Antichrist. 2009, it's Lars von Trier, making the woods a terrifying and horrible place to be. <laughs> But also both films, and I really feel a strong comparison between the two of them, actually, with Antichrist having, a, like, the whole premise of the female lead in that is 
that she's been studying witchcraft and folklore and is starting to relate ah. to the myths within it a little bit too much. She starts seeing visions of the animals that are like Mother Maiden Crone, all of this visual. And there is a raven in it that is pretty much on the woman's side. So it's really odd. It's almost like a like in places it looks like a response piece to that or like it's set in the same forest. Right. But this happened before and that's what she's referencing yes. in antichrist that's what Fair she's enough. she's researching what actually happened to these people but sure. yeah interesting. But, yeah myths of the forest go back a long time even from yeah the, the vantage point of the, this setting here yes but then sadly we you know we leave them if you like we leave her frantically searching for baby and come to harrowing cave scene oh yes yeah yes this is one of the things we trigger warned about earlier yes implied genital mutilation of a baby yes <laughs> i don't no, know what more you can say about no way that. Like around that is there no yeah. exactly um i wanted to put here as well that it's proper horror it's proper horror right but it's the proper horror of something that is ingrained into society's way of looking at witches and has been for a long time so recently the Last Tuesday Society, really interesting organisation, worth a Google, put on a talk by Ronald Hutton, who, you know, in this household we're big fans. <laughs> Ronald Hutton, how would you describe him? He's probably the founder, I would say, of like mm. modern pagan studies as a discipline. He's a historian and author on histories of witchcraft and magic and folk belief. Yes, okay. How's that's, that? That's perfect. Thank you. I wanted to say just a little bit about Last Tuesday Society, not too much because we'll get, I'll, I'll go to, in too deep, but founded in 1873 at Harvard and brought to the UK in 2006 by Victor Wind, who's a wonderful character. Oh yeah. Turned up in like a, I don't know, it was all online obviously because tis the season, but just turned up in like a, I don't know, a moth-eaten half suit looking exactly as you'd imagine somebody that runs a museum <laughs> of curiosities yes. in London and a, a kind of wildcard organisation that looks at all this stuff but it was a really nicely put together thing uh, Victor Wine did some storytelling at the beginning and end with the power of a bottle of very old port of course he was uh, drinking port yeah. <laughs> of course he was but my point was Ronald Hutton was describing um, witch trials and witch hunting specifically and where it dates to the problems that people are having with it now in other cultures and especially people that are being tried as witches in modern times which is something that's yeah. very much swept under the carpet in the western world but it is it exists it exists in our country it exists in our time but also talking about how baby death and witches being the killer of children was the most prevalent myth and the most prevalent yes. folklore about them so to open it with like the biggest and ba most bad horror yes. that a witch could possibly do it realizes all that however it does open it up to the idea that this entire film is an allegory for the bad things that happen when you're separated from your group yeah you know yeah. so like <laughs> it literally could have been a, a wolf the yes. whole time yeah it could have been an animal was watching them play and snuck up and took the baby and then their imagination goes into it must have been the witch yes Yes, absolutely. One of the things I will come back to, but I'll say now, is that we get no external perspective on mm. this story at all. We have left the colony now, and this little group of characters is all we've got. Yep. If we follow this sort of conventional structure for the moment, then little baby Samuel is no more. Um, mm. Caleb, young boy, 
is watching his sexy sister sleep and i say it like that because it's it's supposed to be that he's this in this coming of age moment where his sexuality he's having a sexual yes. awakening unfortunately well, they, they both are of course they are because his sister thomasin is, is is beginning to menstruate i can't find another way to to phrase this the thing that we've already seen in uh, the craft uh, episode three of what if it fails if you want to go back where this idea that comes up again and again in um in films and, and media that women come into their power when they come into some aspect of womanhood like this okay got you yeah so yeah everybody's reaching with sexual maturity but they've been separated from the herd so there are already a repressed gang their whole bag is repression absolutely so of course and in fact this comes into play later when caleb is in the forest talking to his dad about sin yes one of the sins on his mind is that he looks at his sister's boobs down her top now and then yes so of course he's not gonna you know anyway we'll come to that but it's to, it's supposed to let us know that he is being tempted with lust yes Put yes that that's way. fair and no danger there's no actual <laughs> spoilers <laughs> there's no actual incest here but it's just a, a nod to that and so that we notice and we follow his gaze a little bit just to just to um just to hit that home but i will say like it's done to the soundtrack of overbearing grief sobbing from their mother their mother yeah um similar to hereditary actually it is a really nasty kind of primal i've lost my baby cry that is relentless you know <laughs> and it's happening and everyone's trying to have a normal conversation but it's sort of the kids <laughs> creeping around she sounds like a witch doing spells when she's praying behind the curtains we go up to listen to her yeah. from behind the curtains of her own bed and it sounds like she's whispering incantations which was quite a nice touch so yes. it's like another form of witchcraft. well i mean of course she is you know she is, it yeah. is prayer and religion and spirituality is very very important to this family and is a real presence in this film mm -hmm. in a way that is often used as set dressing or something but here is really with the meat of of the conflict yeah. and of the film. It's not a showy film. It's not an action film. There are no big special effects sequences or anything like that. The The meat of it is religious faith. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're in the forest being boys together. In the forest being boys together. And speaking of religious faith, this is a, a, a nice point. I won't dwell on this, but their conversation about sin and hell and Samuel, the brother, and... Uh, Caleb wants to know if Samuel is in hell. Because he didn't have a chance to repent. He was born yeah. a sinner. He wasn't baptised mm -hmm. and has died. William, the father's speech, is a nice little encapsulation of Puritan belief, namely that you can only achieve salvation through God's grace. Yes. Uh, and your your good deeds are good and God you know, likes these things. And but basically you cannot petition the Lord with, with deeds. Yeah which is, um, comes out of the Reformation, and I'm sure there are a great many podcasts about, <laughs> about yeah. this. I won't go into it. But, um, but this is a good encapsulation of a running theme. Right. Are and you Caleb saved? getting very emotional about uh, it. As you would, of course of you would. Course. Nobody wants to go, you know, to, to these people, hell is very real. Yeah. Uh, is an ever-present real threat. And he's trying to confess. He's trying to confess to the sin of finding his sister sexually attractive, yeah. or at least noticing her. Yes. But in a very small way. Um, and his sister, I think I think his sister earlier probably has already done confession where she talks about being idle in her work and yes, having yeah. broken all of the commandments in thought. This is not a terribly united family that's coming under no. some stress. 
for most of this scene I was distracted by a couple of things mostly the gorgeous natural fabrics mm. and the wool used and you mentioned about wool corsets being important because of course the boning would look uh, historically inaccurate yes um if it was proper whalebone corsets it wouldn't have been of the time so yes certainly the wool ones deeply uncomfortable oh yeah but very very accurate and very beautiful not on the men obviously but the <laughs> men's uh, the boys particularly the boys outfit is strong beautiful textures everything's a little bit clean i did write about that but i wonder if they're doing the cleanliness is next to godliness and it's a point that they yes. are clean, yeah. which would make sense. Yeah. Uh, a lot and, of white in Puritan fun times. And, and when they get back from the woods, uh, one of the first things that Catherine, the mother, says to Thomasin is wash their father's shirt because yes. he's come back dirty, which does indicate that this family at least try hard to keep up these clean standards like that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. We're introduced briefly to Black Philip. <laughs> <laughs> the real star of this uh, Yeah, the this best prediction. thing about this film. Well, yes, but Black Phyllis is interesting because Black Phyllis has escaped when they get, or when yeah. they get back. I'm, hang on. Get back, talk, yeah. Should we talk about the hair? Well, a couple of things about the woods. Yeah. One is that Caleb tells us that it's always been forbidden to go into the woods. Yes. They're not allowed to go there. And But the other thing is that Mother mustn't know. We don't tell Mother about it. They're, doing, they're on a hunting expedition to get yes. food because their crops are not going to last the winter. Well, they got the stuff to hunt by selling Catherine's the mum's father's silver cup. Yes. But she doesn't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, and also mustn't know. Don't no. tell her. Right. Which is, of course, a lie, which is not... So a hare appears, a wild hare appears, and they desperately try to shoot it because they are trying to survive. Oh, yeah, um, they have need of it, certainly. Yeah, hares are notoriously magical and trickster animals <laughs> in all kinds of folklore. So the fact that his... Uh, gun backfires and shoots himself basically shoots himself in the eye yeah, yeah. is uh, par for the course but they sadly come back hairless <laughs> indeed because as we as the audience are led to believe that is very clearly um, a familiar or a or a spirit of some sort yes, there is there's, an there's element something to it. it's not just a hair no then we come back to Thomasin playing about with a dead egg um, with a dead chick yes a, she dropped an egg has got a Chick feet, embryo in it. Thank you. Yeah. She looks quite horrified by it. But I have written in my notes: Did she black out and kill the baby? And I don't mm. mean that. I mean, did she black out and offer the baby? Because it used mm. to be a thing that if you felt like your child was under the spell of a of a of the fae of the fairies, or if it had been swapped out and you had a changeling, you had the option to leave it at the forest gates, basically, and wait for them to replace it back again. Ah. <laughs> uh, just sort of call their bluff and be like, this one's this broken. Is, exactly, this is not mine. There's been some sort of a mix-up. Yeah, it? exactly. Have, have it, it back, back and give me my actual kid. So, I, But also this idea of sacrificing a, something innocent. Then I realised that she didn't believe the baby was innocent. If her faith is true, then the baby was born into sin anyway. So yeah, it wouldn't have been much that's good true. as a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, good point. But yes, that was just my borderline notes and then yes we are cleaning dad <laughs> um, <laughs> oh the the egg the the bloody egg sorry is, the blood is, egg yeah is uh, oh her period is sexual exactly it's mm. but also it's there seems to be a sexual well i don't mean sexy but in the, oh, in reproduction reproduction, reproduction yeah. <laughs> but also it, there seems to be an association between thomason and blood through this yes. film menstrual and otherwise yes. and this is this is probably its first appearance here as well as being it's a bad omen, isn't it? You know, it doesn't. It's never good. It's never good. You ever done that? 
You ever cracked an egg and there's a baby in it? No. Um, I haven't, but my one of my fake aunties, mm-hmm. um, I went to school with her son, and her son cracked a fetus into their flower in cooking. Lovely. In front of a classroom full of about thirty kids who oh, absolutely screamed the place down. Yeah, absolutely. He's never he's never touched an egg. You know, he's not gonna, is he? He's not <laughs> well, you gonna can't trust them. them, can you? No, Tricks they might have eggs. a baby in them. Yeah. Sorry, a chick, not a baby. But yeah. But yes, here's Black Philip. I bloody love Black Philip. Black Philip's escaped. Oh yes, Black Philip is loose. Black Philip is loose. Dad, dad's with a beard, mm-hmm. working with wood. In essentially a loincloth, is looking very Jesus. Yes. He's deliberately Jesus, doing a carpentry bit. It's terrible carpentry if you're just chopping <laughs> it in half, but like, yes. Yeah, but he, this is him trying to conquer the... This is him conquering the wood yes. one log at a time, if you'd like. We learn, or I notice throughout, that every time he thinks about a sin, <laughs> he goes and chops some wood. Yeah. So who knows what... Oh, it must have been the sin of lying to his wife. Yes, but the, yes. not only has he lied to his wife, he's also taught Caleb... That that it's okay to lie yes. to your family if there's some benefit. Yep. If you see some benefit at the end of it, so uh, Caleb tells because mother is worried because where have they been? And Caleb tells her that they were looking for apples, like like they used to have in England. Yeah. Um, but they didn't find. They thought he thought he'd seen some, but they didn't find none. But yeah, which is a lie, but which is encouraged by his father. Yeah, his dad doesn't correct him. He just goes no... and chops logs. Yep. Clickety clackety. <laughs> I've just written, apparently. Clickety-clackety. What's that in reference to? I going? assume that is Black Phillip's song. Oh, yes, because it's around about this time that the twins, Messi and Jonas, are singing songs about the power of Black Phillip, their goat, which yes. will become important later. <laughs> yes, we didn't explain that Black Phillip is a goat, but hopefully you've seen it. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um, yes, yeah. Black Phillip is, is the goat, uh, you know, because they have animals... On their um, little farm, because they, they do. The goats are important as well. The goat, mm. the goats have to be bed at the end of the day, so they have to be put to bed. They have to be yep. laid to rest. Um, laid to rest. Yeah. No, no deed. Temporarily laid yes. to rest. Black Phillip says, "I can do what I like." That's not what you want to hear from a child, is no. it? No. Yes, because they've left the farm on their own. So this whole scene where Thomas in bless her cotton socks loses her mind at her siblings. In fact, what's happened is Caleb and Thomas are having a an awkward as balls exchange where <laughs> Caleb is really trying not to say, I think you're a hottie yeah. uh, to his own sister. And his sister's confused because she has literally no idea that there's any chemistry there. I mean, she, she cares does. She for him. She tackles him like his... a child. Yeah, like she's, she's... she's his elder sister. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they have a really kind of cute and touching moment where suddenly Caleb is not like a man of the house. Caleb is just a tiny little boy Mm -hmm. having a cute time. And then up come these absolutely terrible twins um, (laughs) who I I really despise, but they're perfect. um, Saying, you know, Black Phillip says I can do what I like. And basically it's Mercy poking and poking and poking at Thomasin until Thomasin just pins her to the ground and says, look, I'm the witch. Yeah. I stole the baby. And I've just put lol sibling life because it's not something I can ever understand, but they are unnecessarily angry with each other. Yeah, no, and she really goes for it. Yeah, she's you know, trying to scare she, her away. Uh, she yeah. starts sort of fairly non-committally and then really is really leans into her part, if you'd like, yeah. as the witch. The non-blinking, with those giant eyes as well, just yeah. non-blinking, glaring at this tiny kid and freaking her out to get her to stop her bad behavior you know it's yeah. it's a common trope that never works <laughs> put it that way but, but she's gone oh sorry uh little mercy though uh, at first is cock of the walk and she's full of 
yeah. confidence and is saying, I'm the witch of the forest. And yeah, Mercy first claims to be the witch. Yeah, you I'm know? the witch of the woods. And yeah. of course has had a chat with, with Black Philip and is really <laughs> quite puffed up. And her sister really has to turn the dial a little bit. But then as she does, you see Mercy yeah. crumble because Mercy is, what, four years old or something? Something like that, yeah. Exactly. We're back at dinner time and it's a bleak dinner time, but with cracking candle holders. They're great. <laughs> They're great. One thing, just to go back slightly, mm. is that Caleb warns her and says you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because he's seen this dynamic play out, I suspect. And she will always go and tell... Uh, Mercy will always go and tell their mother. Yeah. But you do... I remember... I felt at the time, watching it, that, like, oh, she's gone a bit far. She's pushed, she she's really pushed has, too far, yeah. yeah. And she didn't back down. Nope. Even when Caleb was... She's stubborn. Which is technically sinful in this, yes. in this world. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... We're at dinner. We've got great candle holders, like double candle holders. And Mother really does hate her. Yes. <laughs> mother really does hate Thomasin a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I do I do feel as well that Thomasin is trying hard to be the dutiful daughter bit. Especially because she blames herself and she knows her mother blames her for no, the, the missing of, baby. Yeah, of course. Um, the wolf napping. Does she think Thomasin is a witch, I've put in, in a question? Mm. Or that does she think that she has sacrificed this baby? She certainly thinks that Thomasin's pinched her cup. Yeah, then we get some cup blame, which made me feel really awkward and sad. This dinner here, William, the father, sort of leads them in prayer and gives thanks for the food. Yeah. And uh, my note from here is that they're menaced on all fronts in this family. We found out that they don't have enough food to last the winter. They went into the woods to try and find some more earlier mm-hmm. but were unsuccessful yeah uh, and it is here at the dinner their sort of spiritual and material needs are linked right yes. just as we hunger for this food we also hunger for spiritual food i'm paraphrasing what he says i don't have the, yep. the quote written down but into that we have their misfortune if you'd like you know the the, the missing baby the sort of the idea of the witch yeah has just been introduced is coming and then whatever sort of curse or ill omen is foretold by the things like the blood egg so just as their physical and spiritual lives are intertwined they are under threat in a pincer movement from the two of them yes interesting yeah fair enough i want all of their nightwear i've put <laughs> um i've also put the hair is in it with the goat so uh the hair is in it with the goat. No, the hair is in with the goats, sorry, uh, is what that actually says. Um, oh, yes, the hair is back and, and closer to the house, right? Yes, well, it's so, in with the goats yes, themselves, so yeah. yeah it's, it's but it's she goes to bed the goats. Into the, it's come into the domestic sphere. Yeah, and it's yeah. touching them. Um, uh, but the, the line with the cup, what I wanted to highlight from there as well is that Mother has been missing the cup for a little while but hasn't said anything about yeah. it. But then, she's, you know, then she rather, rather snippily asks, did a wolf take it too. I know. It makes me feel, I think that's where that's, I got so awkward. That's the line, isn't it? Like the implication from that is that like it wasn't a wolf. Yeah, it was that, clearly that, you. It was you. you. <laughs> um, I've asked if the hair is Thomasin's familiar. Oh. It's I, not. It's yeah. the witch's familiar. Yes, well, uh, yeah. Assuming I... there's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the question though. Like, what is the title referring to? Yes. Is it Thomasin? Mercy. Is there a witch? Is it Mercy? Yes. Is it Black Philip? Yeah. Yeah. I want all of their nightwear minus the caps. <laughs> um, Not a fan of the nightcap. They are kicked out because 
He's banished from a Puritan society because William bears the sin of prideful conceit. And it's said in the very first prideful conceit is what's said in that trial. And her confession, I just wanted to read out Mm. in case it gives us clues to the next bit. Because this person I've written the read the article about suggests well, they have a theory. So I here confess I've lived in sin. I've been idle of my work, disobedient of my parents, neglectful of my prayer. I have in secret played upon thy Sabbath and broken every one of thy commandments in thoughts, followed the desires of mine own will and not the Holy Spirit. I know I deserve all shame and misery in this life and everlasting hellfire, but I beg thee for the sake of thy son, forgive me, show me mercy, show me thy light. The theory that this person has suggested is that Thomasin made herself a target for Satan. In her desperation to be saved, she actually damned herself. Ah. So she's basically listing all the things that make her great for Satan. Yes. Um, yes, a good point. It's a really good point. And she's literally begging for God's forgiveness. I love as well that earlier in the in the same article, they were like, these twins, genuinely the worst in capitals. <laughs> but um, now, again, this is just a theory, but for all the members of the family, she's the only one who seems actually to be self-aware of her impurity. She's also the only one that looks back when they all leave the village. Yes. Um, She's the only one that reacts when yes. they are banished as well. Yes. I mean, William replies that he would be glad of it. Yeah. But, you know, she's the only one who shows any emotion. Yeah. But these are things that are setting her up as the main character. Yes. Well, here we're talking about Thomas and starting her period, so it's time to kick her out. Yes. Um, when William and, and Catherine are in bed together, is this Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful. It's uh, one thing I wanted to point out that I haven't noted down is the gorgeous. As we were talking about this off air, but the lovely thing about how we're supposed to be grateful because not all of our kids have died. You know, it's a time where big loss, big infancy, death, infant death, was just a norm. Yeah. So when she is mourning, and although it's a terrible example of holding space for somebody you care about. He is trying to comfort her through faith. Um, yes. William is trying to com- comfort her through faith and say, look, with a smile on his face, even being like, can you not just be grateful that God only took one of our kids? Yeah, it's a good point and one that I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have thought of, but is it's part of the the work and the research that's gone into yeah. the making of this. I'm, I'm going to say a little bit about William's character here. It seems yeah. a good point, uh, a good point at which to do it, because I feel like... In the very beginning, when we open and say on him saying that he'd be glad of the banishment and he will not back down to their false gospel, mm. that he's set up as a religious extremist. Uh, in the, the Puritan community is already sort of rather strict and extreme in their religious views, and he is too extreme <laughs> even for them. Yeah. So, you know, with with my sort of jaded modern eyes, I expected some conflict along these lines or that it would be an unsympathetic portrayal of his faith or yeah. that he would be in some way a hypocrite or something but uh, but actually he is you just, you said he's very strong and very weak or something along those lines yeah i think he's he's a weak man He's very, very weak, but only when it comes to women. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. His 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 faith is strong and genuine and and real. Yeah, but women but, melt him. Yes. like he allows himself to be at the mercy of a woman that hits him, and I mean at the time, just not mm. the done thing. He allows himself to be at the mercy of essentially a, a blossoming teenage daughter, who, at one point, just the shouting and things like the mm. way they treat him is 
with contempt in those moments like they well, are yeah, allowed so Thomas to be is, angry with is him. pushed to this later on and, yes she is, every... she is but she is constantly defending herself to him they have the closer relationship yeah um, certainly closer than with her mother who um, <laughs> thinks that she stole her cup and or killed her baby what's uh, worse in that situation <laughs> we wouldn't know because of the way that she hates her for that cup but yes but there is also pragmatism in not so much of trying to get rid of her they don't have enough food to last the winter yeah and it of, of the children she is the obvious choice to farm out. Yeah. So, yes, the idea is she started her period. Let's get her out of the house because we will starve if we don't. But because Caleb is kind of um, a slave to the secret lust for his own sister, he then gets the most beautiful horse they could find yeah. geared up and sort of in, in her honour goes out to find them food so that Thomason doesn't have to... Yes. Doesn't yeah, have to leave. Hair. Yeah, but also because he's learned from his father that it's okay to tell lies and do things in secret if it's in service of the family. Yeah. G- good because he was taught this yesterday. His father took him into the forest, so that's where he's going yeah. again. Unfortunately, the hair's back. Yeah. They have killed something. Yes. No. They, they've had some success. They've got some got some food, which is good. But of course, you have to bring it back home again yeah. before it's any use the music and sound here again is really doing a lot of work I've said it feels like mm. being under high pressure either underwater or something like if you thought you're under oh, a waterfall yeah, very or, nice. or something of that of that ilk so yes it's very tense and intense as they get separated they become separated somehow the two kids that's yeah, Caleb and Thomason yes Thomason's on the horse and the horse is spooked by the hair yes and she falls off quite in quite a nasty way. Having fallen off my fair share of horses, it's a really nicely done thud. Poor Caleb is long gone, or certainly led away, and they are they're separated. You know what's a great idea? Like tying those awful children together. If they're <laughs> gonna be the biggest pains in everyone's bum the entire film. Just bit of rope. Um the wheat sheaves all look like women, I noticed as well. Ooh. Really nicely set up. They look like a coven. Of oh, which I hadn't is noticed that, but yes. Oh, verses. yes, where they're all getting... Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, so Wheat Sheaf's beautiful, beautiful scenery. And so simple. Like, everything's really simple, but really detailed. Huge attention to detail. Therefore, not much needed. It's like a beautiful Instagram account. Yeah. From Man of the House to Scared Little Boy, we are back with Caleb and the disemboweled doggo. Yes. Their poor dog, who is lovely. And we didn't mention this entire time. It's a lovely shepherd thing. Well, we see the aftermath of whatever it is. We see a, a we see a disemboweled dog. We do not see a dog being disemboweled. It is it's it's horrifying, and I don't mean to imply for a moment that it isn't. But this film is not in the business of showing you things like dogs being disemboweled. No. What it does is show you that it's happened and give you some horrible noises and some dark that you look <laughs> you sort yeah, of Yeah, I mean, the, the dog is still alive and whimpering, yeah. but its <laughs> bells are hanging out. Like, yes. it is awful. Yeah. But it's, natu- it's weirdly, it's nature death, mm. but sped up. I don't know how to put it better than that. All of these things could be a big old wolf. Oh, yeah, Just definitely. Put it that way. I've put, okay, so first of all, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the roots eating Caleb. Caleb um, is clearly being dragged to hell in that moment and is already doomed. It's the idea of the witch's trees. They come up in Sleepy Hollow where like it's Mm. all and Antichrist. Well, you know, even at that point when he's raking through Bracken, we're still rooting Mm. for him. But then he sees the disemboweled dog and you're a bit like, yeah, you're done. Something's not not right here. And as you say, there's nothing to say it couldn't have been a wolf, but I never get the feeling that that's a 
serious hypothesis in any of this. Totally. But then, um, I was going to say, sorry, the roots come up. Did you have a witch's finger at school? No. I went to a few different primary schools and they all seemed to have a root. And the one I specifically remember is a particular root of a tree that was very small. But the tree was big, but it had this little offshoot that had a fingernail on it. Uh, As in like in the markings of it. And we all used to talk about how you just don't touch the witch's finger. But no one ever told us that that's what it was. Right, it's just the, one of those things. The general that... consensus was you just don't touch the witch's finger. Where did we get that from? It must be in there, you know. It must just be in the law, yeah. <laughs> L-O-R-E, yeah. you know. So yes, Thomason is reunited with her father, or she's like, I lost another one. Um, <laughs> but she's clearly dad's favourite, or she would have been beaten to death. Like in mm. this time span, the fact that she's returned without, there wouldn't be time for this kind of communication and like what's happened and explaining and all yes. that it would just be oh you're clearly a witch bye uh-huh. so it's obvious that there's a favoritism there but we're back with caleb and he's just experiencing horniness for the first time and is just immediately tempted in by big boobs and a red cape but he is crying the entire time like he doesn't look happy about being seduced oh by no this. He's no he's not having a good time not but... having a great time he's probably about 12 would you say Maybe yes, around about there. He's on the cusp of cusp of adolescence. Yeah, but they actually do kiss, and it's incredibly sexual. It really is. And then the wrong arm comes up mm. to grab his head, and it's so frightening. It's only for a flash of a second, but this, she is a beautiful woman living in this cabin, looking all mysterious, like something out of Stardust. <laughs> and then the other arm comes They're up. Played by a Victoria's just... Secret model, the um, yeah, the the young witch, not the arm. <laughs> no, the arm is very much Bathsheba Garnet. Believe it or not, the, <laughs> you may know her as the German teacher in Mean Girls, but you probably won't <laughs> recognise her because she's mainly covered in blood and, and making horrible noises in this. But um, it's her arm and it's really chilling and horrifying. Oh. I've also said that the girl in the forest with her red hood recalls uh, Little Red Riding Hood. It's not yeah. equally old European. This is an American wood, but these are very U- European fears and things true and i'm not gonna lie is a very european looking landscape mm. it's almost like they never left right so it's although to them it's a foreign land this is not america weather no. you know as we've come to know it in the uk yeah in the uk it's sunny all the time you know <laughs> this is very much like a a cold and damp yes. looking place it, well even not even damp just sparse but green is yeah. how i'd put it yeah yeah it's, it's green but it's not a it's not a pleasant green. It's no. not a yeah. I've 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 wondered at this point whether this is something that they've brought with. I don't mean literally something they brought with them, but whether this is oh, it's playing out in a way they would recognise. Yes, uh, because the way, as you were saying, young Caleb is is just experiencing sexual desire mm. and is tempted with this. Everybody is tempted in a bespoke way or not. But you know, so here he is offered a sexy lady, and. Um, <laughs> I just that suggests to me that everybody's sort of downfall yeah. is in themselves, you know, or that this is part of it because again by this by their theology, yeah. everybody is uh, Saint Augustine original sin. They're all damned. Yeah. Anyway, you can only achieve salvation through God's grace, but it plays upon things that are already there 
in them. So part of me wonders whether this transported deep dark wood, very medieval Germany mm-hmm. Brothers Grimm idea is something that has come with them from the old world to the new. Yeah, I can understand that. And again, in if you're looking at any kind of shamanic work, potentially, you will not be presented with more than you can handle. It was a phrase banded about. And the idea being that your subconscious will provide you with a skin or a a face to to make sense of the signs and symbols around you and the things that are happening for you in these different trance-like states your body will translate them into a way that you can deal with and you can process so that you're not just looking at like a being of solid light that <laughs> blinds you in the moment, you know, like it is like, well, I need to see a cat so that yes. I understand the things that the cat means in my own visual language. So potentially, yes, these demons are presenting as the things that these people will recognise from folklore because that's what they expect to see in a forest. So that's what their subconscious produces. It makes total sense. I have put Christianity's a weird one here. So we are discussing Caleb being missing. No one will help this family. Yes. They are completely isolated in this moment. So they are turning on each other because they're being picked off one by one as a true horror film would. And here's where she strikes him. Here's where Catherine strikes William. Um, she struck him and suffered no consequences, whatever it... There's this strange switch where the mother's suddenly like, I guess I should be nice to this weird child. She's thinking about her daughter. She's thinking about Thomason. Mm-hmm. She's like, clearly this kid's a little bit dangerous. So she sort of changes her method with her and says, yeah, okay, you can go and do a thing for me. Because the dad admitted to stealing the cup. Yes. In this moment. So having gone absolutely to town and fully blamed Thomason... Is that here? Yeah, well, uh, earlier, that's, that's, the, that's the dinner earlier when she yes. sort of hasn't taken it. And all that William will say repeatedly is, she says he hasn't touched it, Catherine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he has the power. He, he could exonerate her at any point. This is yep. one of the things that she berates him about quite yeah. rightly later on. Yeah, but so anyway, so she finds out that but here he, he, he took the cup. Yes. Um, Catherine finds out he took the cup. Oh, then. yes, cause, because he took the cup... And they traded it for hunting equipment. He's taking the blame for Thomason and Caleb being in the forest at all. Yeah. Because Catherine wants to know why, whatever they were doing in there. And he yes. he realises that it's his fault because he has taught, as I said, he's taught Caleb that, it's, you know, that's the thing to do. Yeah. And Thomason, Thomason is sort of excused so that she can go and, I don't know, bed the goats again. But... Interesting that bed the goats can also translate to having sex with the goats. Yes. Goats, and oh, she's yeah. consistently bedding goats. But <laughs> she is dismissed by her mother in a couple of ways. And then she does this really odd little smile. And mm. I know it's because she's pleased her mother, but it also looks a bit like, ha. You know, just just behind. It's a really nicely shot scene. So she's off to look at some goats in the dark and comes across a naked and frightened Caleb and a very changed-looking Caleb yes, as well. Yes, I've put changeling in brackets as if because like, he is naked and frightened, but is, that's not all he is. If that makes no. sense, uh, there's something about him that isn't right as well. Yeah, definitely. The lighting is incredibly good in this next scene, and you said it was like a Rembrandt painting. He could have. It's almost like mouth herpes. And he's kind of covered in scratches. It mm. could just be the wounds that you... Caleb, this is. Yes. It could be the wounds that you get from running frightened through a forest and being naked. You know, it's <laughs> it's hard to tell, but we are aware that he's been corrupted in some fashion because we saw it begin. Yes, corrupted is a very good word, and corruption yeah. it seems to be what 
is is manifest on his face. Do like you know that. what I do when I feel like my kid has been like swapped for another one or molested in some way by a witch? What do you do? Bleed him from the eyebrow. <laughs> what are they doing there? Oh, he's, he's got a fever. Ah, uh, so they're breaking. The so they're fever. they're yes. bleeding him, which again I think is a it's blood again, isn't it? It's blood coming up again, and it's not not a good thing. No, I've my notes have made me laugh. Time for Dad to split logs instead of heads. <laughs> um, and did Thomasin sacrifice Sam and bang Caleb? Um, so is she both? Did she not only kill the baby in some way or harm the baby in some way, but did she also have sex with Caleb in the wood and then come back having stripped him? You yes, know? yes. Is she the witch? Yes. So the goat is doing a period in the straw. You know. The... Yeah, blood in the milk pail recalls blood in the egg. Recalls menstrual blood. That's my note. Uh, I'm oh, sticking to it. Okay, I felt like it was a it was a nod to witches curdling milk. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and the general milk. idea of like just a blight being on the farm because yes. we see at some point as well we see that some of the harvested corn and it is not all right, is it? It's no, rotted and it, the corn's rotted. Yeah, everything's yeah. wrong with the farm. Does this not look like witchcraft? She uh, she says, the mother. Right, so yes. she's chatting away to William again, not doing so well this time. <laughs> <laughs> not being comforted by Christ because she's now wondering if she needs to be Job's wife to go out and make a living. You know, yes. must I make a living? Who got turned into a pillar of salt? That, that was, was Lot's wife. That was Lot's wife. Okay, good. Yes. Um, it, this is a, a feature of the Bible that the women are only identified by their husbands' names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, Job's wife, um, whose name apparently uh, in Hebrew, she she does have a name. Uh, <laughs> her name is Sitidos or Sitis, Sitis. And in Hebrew, it could mean Satan, otherwise known as unfaithful wife, which pulls up a few different bits and pieces. But I believe in a lot of the Old Testament, Satan is preceded by a definite article. So he's the Satan. Oh. Uh, meaning the unfaithful one or you know rather than fantastic rather than that being his name his name like you know John Bob. Satan yeah mm. Catherine describes a dream in which she basically had sex with Christ but well you know she's ecstatic with faith but lost faith post baby death so once her baby got went missing yeah. she started to lose faith daily but It's a funny one because we then go straight to... I don't know, I feel like she's telling... She's confessing to something else. I feel like she's confessing to something else. And then, you know, I basically begat with Jesus in a dream. I, my interpretation is that she's oriented to these children mm. in a way that is perhaps not terribly... Not appropriate, but it's not terribly practical in given the life that they are leading especially when we get instant we get a couple of glimpses of the life they left behind in england which is yes. which was probably a lot more prosperous and safe there were glass windows there were glass windows and of course the cup has come from england as well it was her father's yes and is part of that life that she's left behind so and as i said everybody is tempted bespokely and uh as i'll mm. come to later like the she is particularly attached to infants, her children, yeah, and young, sort of useless in a farm context children. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I it's, suppose is my interpretation. But it's interesting that she she brings up witchcraft here because earlier when she's talking about the 
cup being missing, yeah. and uh, all Thomasin will say is, you know, I have not touched it, is uh, that Catherine says that it, it going missing is unusual, and she says it's unnatural. Yes. Remember that word again. It's that word again. Uh, <laughs> Pender's Fen episode it, two. <laughs> but it suggests, you know, perhaps, although she doesn't say anything about witchcraft, it she suggests that there's something... A paranormal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which um, means witchcraft in this context, doesn't it? But her loss of faith is dangerous. Yeah. Because she is then, as far as we know, the only one without faith in the family. And therefore, that implies that she will no longer be abiding by the rules of that house, mm. which are very much fully religious, you know. I don't know why they are there. You know, yeah. the, the reason they are in this predicament, if they were in the colony, well, yeah, she's begging to be taken home. She's begging to go back yeah. to the old life. But just to, you know, in true Caleb style, he interrupts and is <laughs> fitting and biting his tongue and scratch to buggery. The children are told to leave. But Thomason is told to stay, which is Thomason not being a child anymore. You know, that's an immediate adulthood status. (laughs) I've put, these children are absolutely terrible. I have babysat this kind for sure. That's the uh, the twins again. Yes. Just being awful. Just being awful. And then we have this a little bit sexy, little bit mad prayer from Caleb. Did you want to talk about that? Yes. Well, just this whole sequence of Caleb fitting and on this on the stark floor is it's quite a long it's 10 minutes or so of, mm. of the film takes up quite a lot of time but it is because of the way religion as you're saying has been foregrounded and is so important mm-hmm. to this family and is so real in this world like mm. faith is a concrete thing on which they have built their existence this is unambiguously a battle for his soul which Sounds of and for me it really works because I think they've sold this their faith and they've sold this world and this existence that they live in themselves. So, because mm-hmm. if you don't accept that, if you don't believe in that, then the, the whole dramatic engine of this yeah, not turning rocked, point they won't is a, doesn't work. Yeah. But uh, but if it does work, and one of the things that works for me is is the language in this film, which is again as as I've alluded to, we've both alluded to, the great amount of research. Yes. That uh, the filmmaker Eggers has has put in so that everybody speaks in a quote unquote accurate way for the time and the place. So a lot of what Caleb is saying Mm. uh, is taken from transcripts of witch trials. Yep. And then after his fever breaks and he gets this extraordinary prayer just as he dies is uh, taken is paraphrased from a famous prayer from the massachusetts governor john winthrop who states in proper antiquarian bookseller style uh, 1588 to 1649 <laughs> so contemporary to yeah. when this is when this is happening yes then he um spits out a rotten apple halfway through this. He does, because he was lying about the apples and because that was his sin, Yes, if you like. Uh, it's the ultimate sin. It's the original sin. The original sin, <laughs> you um, might say. But it's yes. rotted Yes, as well, which makes me think that... And also, well, there's several things. Mm. So one, you talked about Little Red Riding Hood. I would go for Snow White. Yep. And the apple that kills temporarily kills her but kills her yes which is giving apples is very common mm-hmm. <laughs> in folklore but to have put it in his mouth and sort of somehow met found a way for him to keep it there 
I don't know. It's all very, very sinister. The apple is the bit that really gets me. It's too much almost. Yeah. Like it's, it's and also too it's big c- for his mouth. cut out of his mouth because he's, he's clenching his <gasps> jaw. Yeah. Uh, so his father cuts it out with a knife and um, the sort of blood red mouth spitting out the apple is again a sort of horribly sexual image because it's wet and dark and filled with blood and right do you not think no <laughs> i think i'm insane no but <laughs> i mean leave it in because it's, <laughs> it's odd but okay uh also yes the biblical yes. sin the tree of knowledge of um he was looking for apples and he found apples yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and finally it's a symbol of home he was looking for apples yes. like they have at home and Catherine has just said she wants to go home and he says we'll pack up and go back to the settlement yeah, tomorrow William's given in. and she says but I don't want to go back to the settlement I want to go home to England yeah yep and I think it's a great performance by the actor playing Caleb yeah here it's terrifying given as I said that we are it's very physical as well a very sh- small cast yeah of this film no big stars among them no I mean I will say if you're sitting and recognising Anya Taylor-Joy, it's because you've seen the adverts for or have watched Queen's Gambit. She's, I mean, she's, she's gone on now. to great things and uh, several of the other actors have had parts in yeah. in sort of fairly large and famous things, but these were not at the time a cast of, of megastars and they all acquit themselves extremely well, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wanted to get something is so i've put she's going the right way to get burnt at the stake (laughs) this is about thomason and it this is where i suddenly went oh it's the guy that made the lighthouse so uh the shot of the two children the terrible twins who have forgotten their prayers and uh, and they've had a go at speaking in tongues another detail from witch trials of course but not being able to say the lord's prayer properly is a sign of witchcraft it is all of this thing and i mean it's interesting we have a lot of um evidence a little bit later than this time period of people experiencing fits and people experiencing epilepsy that is catalogued in great detail of this but as potential possession Mm. so that contorting that he does with his body is completely described in some of those accounts of possessions and of people not knowing what to do so they just kind of let somebody try and fight the demon out of them and they watch them for hours but actually it could have just been that they were watching somebody with heavy epilepsy trying to come back from a seizure. Oh, that's true. Um, And anything that causes fits and seizures, like, um, you know, and the clenching of the jaw thing is a, is a real seizure that happens where you, you just cannot unlock the mania though, from the children is, is again, very crucible. Um, Yes. Yes. That, that was the, the most explicit sort of connection for me to the Arthur Miller play. The acting out, but again, it's also sort of childish acting out. It's childish acting out that at the time was taken brutally seriously, mm. and she dropped herself in it by admitting to being the witch when she was frightening her terrible little sister, yes. Thomason did, because now Mercy wants to get revenge. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> she is too young to think of the consequences of those actions, which is how so many people ended up dying. Or, um, or. She is a witch who is communing with Black Philip. she's a witch Phillip who and, yes. is communing with Black Philip and <laughs> would quite like to see Thomason gone because Thomason's rumbled her. Yes. yes. Uh, before we move on from that, mm. I also think it's important to say that Caleb dies happy, or at least yes, appears, in yes, appears yes. to, you know, in, yeah, in religious ecstasy is a very good yeah. way of putting it, which is a rare thing in this Isn't film. Isn't it? Yes. Uh, but it, it, there is, a, a, to me, like a real clear sense that 
there is a battle going on here. Yes. And if anybody in this cast is going to heaven, you know, if anybody has God's grace upon them, mm. it is him. Did ye make some unholy bond with that goat? Yeah. Lock your screaming kids in the barn with Black <laughs> Philip. Sounds great. Yeah, can't. Can't beat it. Mm. Thomas in witnessing her father's failure is another coming of age moment. Yes. Um, it's just it's very powerful and very brutal and very nasty. Oh, but yeah, his prayer at night where he's eating the dirt and yeah. saying that he knows that he is a failure but he wants his children spared but also tempered with his knowledge or his belief that his, he cannot intercede like there's nothing that he can do all he, he can beg all he can do is beg which is what he yep. is doing he debases himself in front of his god for the sake of his children yeah. he's not a bad man no not at all not at all they just and probably the tenderest we see him is just before that when he's embracing Thomason and talking about yeah. the farm and the trees and what they will do next year and how they will make it a good place to live yeah. um, it's, 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 it's a fantasy but it's, a, it's the tenderest moment I think probably in, in, it their, is. in their relationship it is um, and again he's desperate for everything to be wrong about her that he's fearing yeah. but I feel like yeah he still locks her in the barn <laughs> yeah <laughs> Still looks her in the barn with Black Philip. So, Catherine, the mother of these children, does look like the Walking Dead. Like, beautifully made up, beautifully frightened. Um, really nicely played by Kate Dickey, Scottish actress, in Prometheus. And uh, I recognised her from that and from Filth. But she looks... She's in mourning, right? She's She's in grief and she's in the hopelessness of grief and the loss of faith at the same time, which was... At, yeah. at one point enough to keep her buoyant enough to like leave everything behind and just blindly follow but actually now the reality of it I think has sunk in and she is woken from her bed by odd sounds and by shapes and it turns out to be Caleb and the baby returning yeah. not looking great no and it's something there's a testament again to their acting skills I think that you know that this is not right. No, and that we've already spoken about the devil with um, mercy about how it, how it whispers. So it whis the whispers were referenced, like Black Philip whispers to me, and mm. instead of speaking to his mother, Caleb or the appearance of Caleb is is doing this hoarse, hollow voice yes. of himself. It's like an it's like a whisper impression of someone. It's really freaky, and she's handed her baby by Caleb, and this is to just to distract her while her kids are attacked. While yeah. her alive ones are attacked yeah. um, horribly in the shed. But again, not to sort of go, not to harp on on this too much, but everybody is tempted with their yes. bespoke thing. And she's tempted with her kids. And also the silver cup is back in there. Oh, on the, yes. On the wall as well. Yes. The things that she misses and the things that she wants yeah. are presented to her by the devil. Oh, but yeah, by the devil. Why not? Yeah. This is, we're in a Puritan world. It's, yeah, it's, this is the devil. We scan back and uh, we see the reality of the situation is that there is a raven perched she essentially has um, empty rags in her arms and there's a raven perched on Catherine that is just pecking away at her breast yeah. and making it bleed where she thinks she is she is Suckling. breastfeeding her, her dead child um, that's come back to life and we flash again because it's a lot of this kind of disorienting 
flashing to and fro and sort of dreamscape stuff. It's all very dream lit. Mm. But the witch is here, frightening old woman in the shed with them eating the goats. Yeah. And while all the kids scream and there's lightning, like it's really yes. horrible. Like yeah. it really is a hell scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's quite a stark cut when we go. Like one of the only ones in this scene is when we yeah. suddenly cut to the uh, raven mm. at her teat. It's very rare that we get that much of a stark image, and that's why that's one of the things I think it works. Where it's yeah. like, bang, you know, there are, it does this sparingly, but when it does it, it's like, this is what's really happening, you know. Upon waking with a, a bit of a blood stain over her breast, Catherine and William wake to find <laughs> a torn down shed where they left their kids, mm. loads of dead goats. The twins missing now completely. Yes, and we never really sort of see them go properly. No, we, we never just, see them go. Well, just... I assumed that they were dead goats, but are they dead kids? Like, like it could be, it could be the twins. Yeah, but I think they go missing as well, uh, because the witch would love them. They're they're tiny and edible, and potentially they've been the first recruits. You know, very early in the yeah. film. Uh, Mercy yeah. says, Black Phillip says, I can go where I want. I can do what I like. Do what yeah. I like. So, oh yeah. So, um, anyway, they see that this place is torn down, and Thomasin begins to wake up and is like, oh no, I'm the only one here. <laughs> Again, Thomasin unscathed. Completely unscathed, <laughs> and she's like, oh, this looks well bad, you know, and is, is getting up and looks mortified. And her father comes out, goes out to be with her, but mm-hmm. is just mega gored yeah. by Black Philip. Yeah. Um, Black Philip just comes out of nowhere and stabbo. Yeah, in a scene that made me jump. I think it's the only jump scare. Yeah. We're talking again about like styles of horror film, if you'd like. Well, I mean, when he gets gored, mm-hmm. it's because he's basically holding Thomason and saying, or he's just held her, mm-hmm. and has had this whole chat about, well, it's where Thomason's been shouting at him. Yes. He's basically saying along the lines of like, are you a witch though? Can yes. we talk about it? Because you can just admit it and maybe you'll be forgiven. You probably won't. I'll probably kill you. But we can go back <laughs> to the village and the village can kill you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she's well, like... Well, not just you'd... that, but he's, you know, but basically there is an inquiry coming th- yes. for this. And I need to know what's been happening. Yeah, which yeah. is reasonable and sweet, but it comes but from There's an th- overtone of threat place. with it because yeah. he's frightened as well. He's terribly exactly. frightened. Well, all his kids are gone. He's got... I mean, he's got cause. I'm not... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I just mean, like, when I think about it, I was being harsh there, being like, he does go a bit nuts, but actually, no, as far as he knows, there's one witch, and the only alive daughter of his is probably that witch, but he's sort of cradling it, it's really, it is really sweet and really sad, and obviously she pulls away, and she's like, look, if you hadn't dobbed me in for the fake cup theft, mum wouldn't have hated me, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and some of this would have been spared, I wouldn't have ended up in the shed with those crazy kids, Yeah, all of this stuff, so it's... If you'd come clean, Caleb wouldn't have yeah, you, had to go out. If you out. hadn't have taken Caleb out secretly, he wouldn't have yep. done this. If you hadn't talked about this where we could hear, yep. this wouldn't have happened. All you can do is chop wood, as she says. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Gord and eventually Gord again, uh, having shouted, what was it? Corruption thou art my father. Yes, and being buried under his own sin. So his sin yeah. logs, his sin logs that he's been chopping every time instead of sinning, bury him and he's yeah. definitely dead. And poor Thomason is just properly not having the, a, bit, a good day, yeah. is she? And like I said as well, with everybody, again, catch my catchphrase of the episode, everybody has their own bespoke temptation. Yeah. There's nothing that the devil could tempt William with. 
He is. That's true. He's uncorruptible. He is steadfast in his faith. He has his faults. Yeah. But his faith is strong, and through all of this, we see Catherine waver in a major way. William holds fast to his faith. There's nothing that they can offer him. There's nothing the devil can offer him that he wants would take. He's not very edible. He's not young enough to be bathed in. So he's just he's disposed of. Yeah. It, brutally, painfully, and quickly. Yeah. You know? Get out the Gun. way. Really interesting. I wonder if the whole thing could be read as a test of faith for everyone. And he failed. He yeah. actually failed because he lied and he was prideful and he was he was ready to change God's plan in order to save his children mm. and all this, you know, trying to bargain with God and in the end it was just, no, that's wrong, you've done it wrong. Yes. Then mum goes nuts, rightly so. So Catherine does lose her mind finally. Like she's watched everybody die or disappear. Yes. She's freaking out, she's lost all her kids, the one thing that mattered to her. And attacks Thomasin. Lots of strangling, bleeding, choking and self-defence. Yes. It's a really unpleasant... One of many unpleasant sequences. Yeah, it's properly um, having to kill your mother, right? Um, yeah. The, yeah, the... And, and get covered in blood. Yeah. But she is, she is heartbroken by it, Thomas, and none of this is done in malice. Mm. Like, Thomas no, no, is self-defense. proper actual self-defence. The blood on Thomasin's face does look like she ate her whole family, though. Yes. Like, it does look... It doesn't look good for her. No. Um, and as as you were saying about if somebody wandered in on the scene, you know. Yeah. Well, I wondered about the sort of folklore, folktale element, and the fact that, as I said, like, it's clear by now that we're never going to... We're not going to get back to the colony. But we know that traders come, because they traded the cup for some hunting Yeah, equipment. with India Tom. India Tom. Somebody's going to come along soon and find the, and say, oh, I wonder what that family are up to, and they're going to get there. Everybody is going to be dead in yeah. horrible ways. All the goats are dead. All the goats are dead, all the children are dead, and Thomasin is missing. And it's that kind of thing that would would give rise to a story like this one that we've yes. just seen, becoming like a folktale in the area of, you know, did you hear about that family? Mm. Um, daughter was obviously a witch. Yeah. Wind chimes and some next level lighting is what hmm. we have. Um, talking to Black Philip as a last resort when everybody's dead or gone yep. and you're like, all right, Phil, <laughs> <laughs> what's all this fuss about? And she's talking to him and talking to him in this like, can you talk to me? If you can speak, speak to me now. Like, But not only that, right? If, speak to me as you spoke to... The twins. Yes. Speaking with respect to Jonas and, and Mercy. Yeah. Well, it's inviting it. And yeah. it implies that she knows that that was real. Or she's cracked. Like, yeah, she or could she's, have just yeah. gone. And she goes to walk away think with the face of, like, oh, I guess this was a nuts idea all along. But then we get, what, do, what does thou want? That voice. Beautiful. I've note here the creepiest damn thing in the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? I've made him into a, like, um, panto dang. The voice <laughs> is really very sexy. It's very deep. deep it's very essential and, like and definitely evil. Mm. Well, the taste of butter is an interesting thing because oh, yeah. um, I looked this up and some of this I got from. I should credit my source for some of this, which is uh, the the monograph on the film by Brandon Graffius, mm -hmm. uh, who is a associate professor of biblical studies and a horror fan. Nice. So a good person to talk about this and you know, recommend. But that book taught me, told me that. 
the Catholic Church viewed eating butter as a terrible sin at around about this time. Because mm. um, it's a sensual pleasure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Butter's weirdly sensual and not in a... Last Tango in Paris. Kind of not in a Last Tango in Paris kind of way, no. In a, in a <laughs> sensual mouthfeel, it has a lot of kind of sexy things about it. Butter. Yeah. It leaves a, I, won't, I won't go into it in case you're eating while you listen, but like it's, <laughs> you know, it's... It's a lot of things that just would not be Puritan friendly. Yes, it does exactly. involve a lot of enjoyment. Wouldst thou like the t- yeah? Wouldst thou like the taste of butter? Um, the goat to sexy man transition is hot. So nice, isn't it? It's beautiful. So um, watching it in the shadows and then it changes from hooves to almost like pirate getup. It's it's gorgeous. Mm. And it's subtle. And again, it's all in the shadows. You don't mm. see very much. It's a literal deal with the devil, right? So a mm. book is offered. It's interesting. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how so much of the fake folklore of the film is built up from actual quotes that exist within witch trials and exist within folklore already that yeah. um, Eggers has put into practice deliberately. So the one about I cannot write my name. So she says, I cannot write my name. She hasn't been educated. Yeah. And the devil saying, I will guide you is a direct quote that I recognised from a witch trial that I'd heard about at a talk by the Fortean Society in Edinburgh, which is like you pay a pound or two pounds, you go to the basement or the or the attic space of a pub and you listen to really lovely people talk about usually men, talk about um, things they like, like Alistair Crowley or aliens or the actual real theory behind Star Trek things. But yeah. sometimes <laughs> they do stuff about witch trials and it was somebody local, I can't remember his name sadly, but he did a whole speech about it and some of the quotes were from the actual witch trials. I wanted to get in there as well that I, Scotland's particularly dodgy for witch trial behaviour. Mm-hmm. So although this may not have come from a Scottish one, North Berwick was particularly bad. It was something like 400 people in the space of two years were accused and yeah. put on trial and probably killed, but they're not 100% sure. They were certainly convicted. You know, yes. whether they were killed or not is different. But I wanted to put in that I'd been looking at Pagans of Edinburgh, their Facebook page. They are putting forward a petition to get pardons, apologies, and to create a memorial for the people accused and convicted of witchcraft in fi- between fi- 1563 and 1736. If you're interested, check them out. It's an odd one, but I wanted to mention it there because it's still something that's in the collective consciousness yeah, and probably more so now. And I think with films like this, where it's literally everything that was said, like, I mean, even to the point of where I feel like even though Black Phillips made up, you have things like Vinegar Tom. You know, yes. like they're very much that kind of name. The book, the writing the names in the book thing, you said it was from the church, wasn't it? Initially? Yes, it's a detail from the Salem witch trials. Uh, the first one, Titiva, who is... She's in the Crucible. In the Crucible, I yeah. thought so, yes. And uh, um, mentioned in a few other things, of course. Uh, but was the first witch tried... In in Salem, Salem. In the same, and mm. she said that uh, yeah the devil induced me to write his name in his book, which comes from a Christian church thing at the time that your name would yeah. be in the book when you were in the congregation. So because these things, the devil, devil worship, if you'd like, satanic rituals and worships, are always seemingly based off contemporary Christian 
things yes. are just mirrored, they're just inverted. If if God has a book for his church that you sign, the then devil. of course the devil does too. It also means, of course, that for witch trial purposes, you can have seen other people's name in the book. And yeah, you can't write your own name, but you can definitely recognise that, you know, Goody Winslow Goody, was in it. Yeah. Goody Whitehouse said that her <laughs> name was in the book. So... Oh, sorry. Yep. One, one more point on mm. on which witches and witch trans as well than about it being a live issue, because like the last set of convictions from the Salem witch trials of the 1690s were uh, the convictions were quashed, if you like, overturned in 2001. Wow. Uh, not a typo. It was this century. <laughs> uh, the last ones were were, were forgiven, if you'd like. Yeah, so fascinating. So it's implied, I think, that the devil wanted Thomas in all along. Well, is what I've written in my notes. Yes. I also wondered if her being of that age is to do with it and yeah. whether the idea of her coming into her menstrual power, coming into her power as a, as a woman, mm. sort of uh, plays into that as well. Yeah. And um, because there's the two two questions, I suppose, are like, did, why did the devil want Thomason, you know, plenty of opportunities to harm her, but mm-hmm. which had never taken? And why does. Thomasin go to Black Philip and say, speak to me. And why yeah. does she say yes to the book and the living deliciously? Well, she's got nothing left. Yes, that was my thought with it's that one. It's being broken down to you've got nothing left and then ensure that there's nothing left. Yeah, none of her efforts to be a good daughter have, no. have come to anything. She's seen the failure of this family unit. Yeah. Yeah. We then watch... We then have a sexy coven meet-up. Yeah. Uh, that we watch from the or witness from the perspective of a scene as told by a folkloric onlooker, yeah. rather than being involved in it, we're watching it from Bracken behind Bracken, and and we see, oh, she's very, it's very saucy. She's told to take off her slip by the devil, mm. remove your slip, and just does it. <laughs> yeah. You know, at this point, there's nothing left to lose, and she's well, still she got blood on her been from her tempted, mother. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, he he says, "Do you want to see the world? Do you want to?" Do you want to taste butter? Yeah. Do you want um, all of these things? And you can see on her face. That, yeah, she's that like she absolutely does want this. And we never before this, we don't really get much of an idea of what she wants. We know that yeah. Catherine wants her children and her cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Simple things. I uh, know, uh, yeah. but you know, but these are. She literally sells herself. You know, she she, yeah, she does want these things. Yeah. Her father talks a lot about conquering. The wilderness. Yes. The father talks about like keeping the family strong Pure. and prospering in mm. in this life. We we have a, a fair idea of what Caleb wants he wants. We know what Caleb wants exactly. What does um, what does Thomasin want? Mm. You know. And before, if like if you sort of ask me to interpret her actions from earlier in the film and yeah. say she wants to be a good daughter, right? She does seem to try. She's that she wants to be good. Yeah. She does all that confessing at the beginning, but we don't get the sense that she delights in <laughs> rule-breaking the way her sister does, right? No, it's true. Mercy has a wonderful time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's <laughs> great. She'll run around, but we don't really get a, a sense of what she wants before. But when she's offered these things... Something that literally just dawned on me. Where did all these women come from? There's no one that lives there. Which women? Sorry. All the women around the fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, are they all the, the people that have what? <laughs> they've been in the woods, I suppose. I mean, I we do suppose. see like a. Uh, we see the same one every time, though. We see like a dwelling place when um, mm. young Caleb is going through the woods. But yeah, it's not like there's going to be 
a dozen witches all living in there, is no, it? <laughs> no, and it's very much that witch. She's clearly done an enchantment. She yeah. has a, the wrong arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a single... It's 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 the witch singular. Huh, that's just changed my thoughts on the final bit. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'll go with what I've written for now. Well, and, yeah, but then do explore what I you've will, said. We do, have, we do have time on the recording. Okay. Nice. So witness... Yes, and now we're flying. <laughs> and now oh yes and the firelit hysterical laughter Thomason's taken up to the top of a tree and sort of faux crucified mm. which is a bit of a sledgehammer metaphor but fun <laughs> but um, we also get a close up of her face and it is like a religious ecstasy I it think. is it is uh, did you have an interpretation of the laughter yeah ecstatic release oh okay fair enough yes I don't know. I'm. I was unsure what to make of the ending. I well, think she it, doesn't laugh at any point in the film. No, laughter is laughter is in short supply in this yeah. homestead, isn't it? And yeah. with good reason. It's they're having a terrible time. Do they ever it. laugh? I don't think I don't, they I, ever laugh. I don't recall the kids anybody. Might. Yeah, that's true. The the twins do. Yeah, but the sort of adult ones, if you'd like, and I'm including. Oh. Caleb laughs when she tickles him. When Thomason tickles him. Oh, down by the down yeah. by the river. Yeah. And they laugh together. Mm-hmm. But it's a private moment. They're not witnessed by parents or yeah. God. <laughs> oh, and it's not like it's not like a laughter here. No. It put me in mind of the last scene in Midsummer, Midsummer as mm. well. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. They're they're um, they're very different films in a lot of ways. I think. These yeah. Two. Well, they end the same. <laughs> but they have, the, but yeah, exactly. There are moments that uh, moments that come in. Well, they're both a very long initiation process. Yeah, yeah, you can girl. read it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm slightly confused by the by the the Sabbath. The the records of Esbats and witches' Sabbaths are quite interesting. When you read a lot about them, there tend to be patterns often. And interestingly, and I'm interested in to, as to why they didn't go for this angle, but often records of them dancing in, or dancing or witches dancing or meeting on, in graveyards or on hallowed ground, or in churchyards. It's interesting that some people are like, oh, it's because it's the ultimate sin, you know, because like it's the worst thing they could do. But actually, like when you consider where the churches are built, <laughs> um, they're probably just going back to their old land in these sure. accounts they're going back to where they've always met except now there's a wall around it and a couple of stones <laughs> yeah know? i think uh i suppose the other thing to think about with connected to that as yeah. well is these are like what sort of witches are they? these these are like satanic witches yeah like so it's an explicitly christian framework in which this this is yeah. placed and these are so these are what i mean is these are not like wise women healer archetypes these oh are, yeah, no, no. This is these yeah, are yeah. this is evil witchcraft. Well, my other thought, I guess, is we don't know how far she's been walking naked, and we don't know how far they've come. So it could be that they're all called from their respective villages and settlements to this one spot to have a sabbath. Yeah, it um, could be that the, 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 this wood is holy to the witches, which is why yeah. they're having a terrible time where they are because there's they shouldn't a lot have settled of in the witch bit, a lot yeah. of bad uh, bad vibes. Yeah, <laughs> great vibes for witches. Great vibes for witches. Bad vibes for starting your god fearing city on the hill yes um, i will say as well thomason is clearly the youngest one there yes uh, as the new recruit so lord only knows what that's going to lead to <laughs> it does weirdly i felt like <laughs> this may be wrong 
But I felt like that ending lent itself to a sequel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure where I would take it. I would probably be tempted to do her new life as a witch. Mm -hmm. You know, and what that meant. And watch her get drawn into corruption and trying to corrupt others. Yeah. But... um, Would she find it fulfilling, do you think? I don't think it would matter. I feel like she would have (laughs) a new version of faith if she... Yeah. But it's a faith that suits her where she gets to eat butter. You know, <laughs> yes. it's, a, it's a luxurious yeah. version of faith. Yeah. She knows she can commit to do rubbish things like bed a goat every yes. two minutes but and be dutiful to her terrible mother. But she'd get to see the world. Mm. Yeah, and that is, that's one of the things that she wants. Yeah. Yeah. I do realise now that the reason that she looks back is because she's the old, one old enough to have airs and graces. She's, oh, the, a... she's the one old enough to have been accustomed to a certain style of living. So it's her mm. that, in, in the meeting, at the very beginning, so it's her that reminisces about the glass in the windows. Yeah, she's and old Caleb, enough to remember it. Caleb doesn't remember there being glass. He doesn't care about that. He mm. remembers the dog in the sun. Yeah. But he doesn't remember that they had a better life. Yeah. And she remembers exotic guests you know it's different yeah. bits and pieces there. but then also caleb is the one who well there's an interest actually there's an interesting parallel between caleb's death mm. and the end of the film there because it's two types yeah. of of ecstasy yeah caleb is is a better boy in some ways he's a better christian right yeah. because he he grabs for salvation he grabs for jesus and he calls for jesus at the end and she goes to the devil <laughs> Oh, but, but, but. I'm, I'm saying better. I mean no, in a, but, in a but, Christian but. moral framework. Yeah, in mm. a Christian moral framework where yeah. he's happily happy to like fantasize about being <laughs> a sister. But also, but but but, the mum talked about being <laughs> Christ in a dream. Yes, this is a fairly common Christian then, thing, I think. But in, then in he Middle Ages. is pretty much coming when he dies. Did you not think? Yeah, like it yeah. builds up into orgasm. And I, I in my notes, they say like, oh, not such a little death. You know, like it's... La <laughs> <that laughs> grande mort. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. But I wonder if that was another devil moment where the devil was like, do you know what would be disgusting? To bring him to climax as he dies in front of his parents and talking about Christ? Is it another a bit like um, masturbating with the cross in The Exorcist? Sure, and it's one of the tenets of their faith, right, that uh, they will not know whether Caleb achieved yeah. salvation, yeah. and they cannot know, and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it's certainly plausible that his soul is in heaven, right, if we if we, yeah. if we accept the, the, the parameters of... Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, but also that it's fairly fundamental to the family's belief that that is that's a good sign, you know, that's yeah. a hopeful sign. But it's no more than that. There is no such thing as certainty with this stuff. No. Except that you know that God will decide. Yikes! All right. <laughs> well, that's the end of that chapter. Yes. I do think uh, if you haven't, if you have listened to all of this and you haven't got around to you know if you haven't seen it if you just listened yes, major, to spoilers. major spoilers but but it, i do recommend it i think it's a it's a i really think it's a good piece of work i think it was poorly sold 
yes, by the, the marketing, the uh, poster uh, for this, which will be on the gram. Uh, we'll we'll put links to the Fortean Society and the Last Tuesday Society yeah. on the socials as well. But the poster for this settles it as something like, I mean, there is a literal cabin in the woods, but this is not <laughs> that sort of film, I no, think. No, yeah. not at all. It's not a fun horror. If you're into your, like, blood and guts, spurting arteries, like, fun horror, I didn't make it sound fun, but, like, fun <laughs> horror, or proper vampy, the witch, and the witch... I don't know, graphically hordes children in a big gingerbread house. Sure. This isn't for you. It's just not got that kind of pacing. It's not in that style. This is much more of a real nightmare fairy tale. Um, yeah, that's a very good good way of putting and it. And it feels like it's directed by somebody Scandi to me. Yeah. Someone who understands the land and has a different relationship with it, potentially this director does. We've seen the lighthouse and a kind of... Um, an awe of the elements, being completely in awe of the ocean, being completely in awe mm. of the forest and feeling like they are impenetrable and therefore here are the challenges that come up when you try to penetrate them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, and with that sexual overtone yeah. intended, I mean, there are disturbing sexual elements to both films. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a well person <laughs> in that regard, perhaps. But um, um, no, it was I, interesting. It just, it wasn't quite... It, I really like it. I really like it, but it's difficult to put my finger on why. And I think mostly it's aesthetic and a really good build of tension that does belong in horror, but I still wouldn't necessarily characterise it as a horror film. Yeah, that's fair. It's more of a psychological thriller, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Go along with that. Cool. Lovely. Leave that one there for this film, or have you got more to say? Uh, talked about the poster, talked about the films, and talked about his other bit. I think that's. I think I've covered everything. Sweet. That I wanted to get in. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening. Next week we'll be looking at. Quite a mess in the pit. We're taking our first of, for hopefully, a few more trips to England's Hammer Studios. Way. Uh, and the 1967 adaptation of the 50s BBC. Serial. <laughs> really uh, selling it, yeah. Oh yeah uh, <laughs> which is really a high point of the explosion of the occult into the mainstream of culture for a few years in the right. late 60s. Uh, yeah, it's, it is a wonderful piece of work, um, and I'm excited that we're covering it. Yeah, where did you say it was available if and people want to watch it ahead? If you want to watch it ahead, it is available on home video. You know, it's on DVD and Blu-ray. It is on Shudder. The um, horror streaming yep. service, and it's also on the BFI player, I believe. Uh, these are both UK-based. I'm not sure about your overseas options, mm. but um, but yes, I believe at least what I'm pretty sure both of those services have a free trial if you're not um, already <laughs> signed yeah. up to them. If you have any questions, any comments, anything you'd like to say to us, anything you'd like to add, please do drop us an email to hauntedpicturepalace at gmail you can also contact us via direct message on Instagram. You can also contact us on Instagram. That's at haunted underscore picture underscore palace. You can see all of our sort of updates and things that we've spoken about in the podcast on there. We will pop up at the end. If you want to follow us in our other skins, <laughs> <laughs> I am a professional tarot reader and witch by trade. I do not 
do anything nasty to babies. I literally <laughs> just do cool stuff. You can follow me at Amberly Alchemy Tarot. And Ben? If you have an interest in the sleeves that home recordable VHS used to come in in the 90s and you want to look at pictures of those, and bafflingly, a great many of you do, uh, you can find that on Instagram at VHS Sleeves with Ben. Please yeah. have a look. Yeah, that would be nice. Please do review us. Please do subscribe to us if you like what you hear. And please do tell your pals. It's always good to spread the word. Yep. Thank you for listening, all the people who have. I check the stats more often than I should. And it's <laughs> gratifying to see people all over the world listening to us uh, talk about this stuff. So, yes. So thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely week. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. 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 Oh. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, Good hats. Great hats. Hello. Uh, that was a bit, a bit much, wasn't it? <laughs>